Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. I think if we were given the choice, it's fair to assume that most people would choose to thrive rather than just survive. It doesn't really matter what we do. Teachers, students, entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, everyone wants to thrive. And the same is true for followers of Jesus as well. As Christians, our desire is to have a thriving relationship with God. In other words, we want our relationship with God to be characterized by words like vibrant, intimate, authentic, and unwavering. Unfortunately, though, for many Christians, failure to thrive is probably a better description or something that more represents their relationship with God. Their walk with God, their faith journey, does not match the description of a thriving relationship. And certainly there could be many factors for why that is. One of the most primary factors is that we have an enemy, Satan, who wants to do everything he can to prevent us from thriving. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You see, his ultimate goal is to bring about our destruction. But if he's unable to do that, he'll do whatever he can to diminish the quality of our relationship with God, to make sure that we're merely surviving or hanging on by a thread and not survive or not thriving. And that brings us to the primary question that we're going to be looking at throughout this entire teaching series. How can I have a thriving relationship with God? Last week, Pastor Chris, as he kicked off the series, he shared that we can have a thriving relationship with God when we embrace joy in the adventure of following Jesus. If you happen to miss last week's message, I'd encourage you to jump on the website, go to lifepoint.org, and you can get caught up there. Check that out. This morning, though, we're going to talk about two more steps that we can take in order to have a thriving relationship with God. And first is this. Our relationship with God will thrive if we never stop pursuing personal growth. It'll thrive if we never stop pursuing personal growth. Now, before we go any further, let me just be clear. This is not a self-help message. My goal this morning is not to help you be the best version of you. I'm not here upstage to tell you that you can achieve all your dreams, or if you think it, you can do it. You probably can't. Like, if we're being real, like, you, you probably can't. All right? This message is about developing a thriving relationship with God by continually pursuing spiritual growth. Continually pursuing spiritual growth. And while this call to never stop pursuing spiritual growth applies to absolutely everyone, we must also acknowledge that not everyone is at the same place spiritually. We all come through the doors of this church building at different points in our faith journey. And that's okay, because no matter where you're at, everyone is welcome here. Absolutely everyone is welcome here. And really, there's a simple reason for that. It's because Jesus died for each and every single person in this room. 
And he loves you and wants to have a thriving relationship with you. And at LifePoint, we understand that to be true. So our doors are open to absolutely everyone so that they might hear the message of Jesus and come to embrace it for themselves. And so, if everyone is welcome here, then who do we have in the room? And who is watching online? Well, some of you here this morning have a relationship with God, and you've been following closely after him, maybe even for decades. You've been following Jesus for so long that you remember when, when everybody actually got super dressed up to come to church, right? You remember that. Or you remember the days when, when we didn't have lyrics to the songs we sang on the screen. No, no. You pulled out that red hymnal from the seat back pocket pew, right? And you pulled that out and they told you, everybody stand, turn the page, boom, boom, boom. And then you read the lyrics for the song, right? Some of you remember those days. But far more important than witnessing the various shifts that have taken place within churches, your faith is strong. And there's evidence of it based on the way you live your life today. Now, some of you here have a relationship with Jesus, just like those who have been following closely after the Lord for a long time, but your relationship is not quite as strong. You see, right now, Jesus is more like that friend from college that you catch up with once in a while. And, and when you do meet up, man, it, it's great. You can catch up like you've never missed a beat. But that, it's not like that relationship has a huge impact on your day-to-day -day life. Sure, that relationship exists, but its influence on your life is limited. And if that scenario describes your relationship with God, it's unlikely that you have a thriving relationship with him. And then there are some who don't have a thriving relationship with God because you're at odds with God. And perhaps you're feeling mad or you're disillusioned for some reason. You might be trying to make sense of your life circumstances or it could be that you're struggling with some unanswered or difficult question. Or you're at odds with God because whether or not you're willing to admit it, you're living in ongoing sin. In other words, you're doing things your way and not God's way. But whatever the case may be, you're still here. You're coming to church. And this is the best place you can be when you're working through your challenges, the questions that you have about God or any issue you're dealing with. So we're so glad you're here. But in this current season... Your relationship with God is not thriving. And still there are others who are here this morning who don't yet have a relationship with God. And perhaps you're curious about Jesus and what he has to offer, but you haven't yet decided to go all in and become a Christian. So you might have a desire to experience a thriving relationship with God, but you haven't yet because your relationship with God doesn't yet exist all that to say, we're at different places in our faith journey. But regardless of where you're at, everyone is welcome here. Now, that being said, because it's our desire that not every or not only everyone have a relationship with God, but one that's thriving, it's important for you to know that spiritual growth is the expectation. Right? Spiritual growth is the expectation, meaning if you come through the doors of this building, our desire, 
Our plan even is to lovingly nudge you and push you toward spiritual growth. See, unapologetically, we want everyone to become more and more like Jesus, to be sanctified. Now, sanctification is this theological, churchy word, and and it means it's defined as a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and more like Christ in our actual lives. So to put it simply, sanctification is the process of becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And as long as we're here on this earth, we'll never come to the point when we've arrived, when this process of sanctification is completed. Meaning, spiritual growth is a lifelong pursuit. And until we stand before Jesus face to face and hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. There's more work to do. There's more to learn, more flaws to overcome, and more heart issues to be resolved. Now, recently, the church staff has been using a tool called Church on Mission. You'll see it on the screen behind me. We've been using a tool called Church on Mission to talk about areas of spiritual growth that we would like to see in the lives of everyone who comes to LifePoint. Now, of course, this doesn't cover every aspect of our lives, but it does cover a number of key areas. And as you can see from the the visual, we want to help people gather purposefully, influence daily, give generously, serve selflessly, and connect deeply. Now, unfortunately, I don't have time to unpack all of the definitions of these categories, but as we all grow and take steps in each of these areas, our hope is that we'll become more like Jesus. Now, before we move on, I do want to draw your attention to the arrows on the visual. With the exception of one arrow, and there's a reason for that, all of the other arrows point outward. And this is meant to communicate never-ending growth in each of these areas. Meaning there's always more work to be done. Because even if we excel in one or two or three of these areas, chances are we could become more like Jesus in some of the other areas. Now, of course, the danger for all of us is that we can get complacent. And rather than continually pursuing spiritual growth, we settle for less than God's best. We convince ourselves that we don't need to thrive. Surviving, just getting by, that's good enough. And unfortunately, this mentality, we can have this mentality or approach, even if we've been following Jesus for years, and and even if we've experienced a thriving relationship with him at some point in our lives. Allow me to illustrate. You see, when this happens, we become like the Super Bowl winning teams the year following their championship season, right? The year following the time they win the Super Bowl. Last year, the LA Rams won the Super Bowl. They were the best team in the league. However, this year, they didn't even make the playoffs. And it's not like they barely missed the playoffs. They were 5-12, and 12. Bad enough to get the sixth pick in the NFL draft. They got complacent. Their mentality was, we've arrived. We've made it. 
And their team made the mistake that so many Christians make. We forget that there's more work to do. We forget that spiritual growth doesn't just last for a season, but that it's meant to be a lifelong pursuit. Listen to Paul's words and how he communicates his pursuit of never-ending spiritual growth and his desire to become more like Jesus. Starting in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul writes this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. We'll jump down to verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, this level of intensity, this level of commitment to ongoing growth is what we need in order to have a thriving relationship with God. Now, this call to never stop pursuing spiritual growth is found throughout Scripture. From cover to cover, we can see examples of it. And so allow me to highlight a few examples of Jesus calling for and pushing those who followed him toward growth. You see, from the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus called everyone to grow. He preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And to repent means to turn away from sin. And this is the starting point towards spiritual growth for every single one of us, turning from our sin and allowing God to call the shots. Also in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus begins to recruit the men who would become his 12 disciples. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Notice that Jesus didn't say, come, follow me, and I will let you remain exactly as you are. He didn't say that, right? His call, his intent from the outset was clear. Come, follow me, and I will make you. I'm going to bring about transformation. I'm going to take who you are right now, what you're doing, the, your approach to life, and I'm going to change it. I'm going to transform you. We see further evidence of this push for growth in Mark chapter 6 when Jesus sends out the 12 disciples to do ministry on their own. For a time, Jesus had gathered these men under his wing, but then, like a mama bird, he kicks them out of the nest, right? He forces them to spread their wings and fly, and he gave them an opportunity to grow by applying what they had learned. In John chapter 8, a woman was caught in adultery, and she was brought before Jesus. And we can't unpack the entire account right now, but Jesus' final words to the woman were, Go now and leave your life of sin. It's a call to grow by pursuing holiness. 
In Luke chapter 10, a woman named Martha was hosting Jesus and his disciples for a meal. And while Martha was getting busy, getting everything ready for the meal, her sister Mary was sitting near Jesus, listening to him teach. And upset that her sister wasn't helping, Martha said to Jesus, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I hear this conversation all the time at home, right? They're not helping me fill in the blank, right? We hear it all the time, but what does Jesus say in response? Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You see, in this instance, Jesus challenges Martha to grow by evaluating her priorities. Now, certainly, Jesus is more than willing to meet you wherever you're at. And that's our desire, too, which is why everyone is welcome. But Jesus also loves you way too much to let you stay where you are. And if that's Jesus' approach... We want to follow his lead, meaning like Jesus, we want to push you to grow in the areas where you need it most. We want to lovingly nudge you to develop the traits of a thriving Christian. And so, what's your next step towards spiritual growth? For you, we're all at different places. We come into this building at different points in our spiritual journey. What's your next step towards spiritual growth? For some of you, it's making the first-time decision to begin a relationship with Jesus, to become a Christian. And this is the most important decision you can ever make and one that will bring about significant transformation. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. You see, this decision while it's so significant, can be simple in in our comprehension. You see, it's as simple as ABC. We need to admit that we're a sinner and need God to save us. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and commit to living your life for him. And perhaps for whatever reason, you're here this morning and that's a decision you're ready to make. Maybe you've been curious about Jesus and all he has to offer. You've been one of those people like, I would love to have a thriving relationship with God. This is step one. And so if you're ready to make that decision, I want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray together. Dear God, I want a thriving relationship with you. But I know that begins by having a relationship with Jesus. And I acknowledge that I've sinned. And that I need a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Right now, I ask that you please forgive me and that you save me. My life belongs to you, God. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And and also, that is the most significant step that you can ever take toward spiritual growth. And we would love to be able to celebrate that decision with you and help you continue to grow in your relationship with God so it can thrive. And so you can let us know you've made that decision by simply pulling out your phone at some point today, texting the word connecting, I-N-G on the end of that, connecting 
to the phone number 94000. And then you click that link and just simply hit the button, I accepted Christ today. And we would love to follow up. Now, some of you sitting here in this room, and, and like, like I said earlier, maybe you are among those who have been following Jesus for decades. But you haven't taken step number two, which is getting baptized. Because baptism is that public declaration of your decision to become a follower of Jesus. And it serves as the physical sign of the spiritual transformation that takes place in our lives when you become a Christian. And so if you want to learn more about baptism or if you're ready to take that step, I'd encourage you to email us, baptisms at lifepoint.org. We would love to follow up with you on that and help make that happen. For some of you, your next step is being more disciplined about setting time aside each day to read scripture and to pray. Because this is what's going to allow you to discover what God wants to say to you and how he's pushing you to become more like Jesus. For others of us, our next step is to repent, to turn from our sin. We know that we got a lot of stuff going on in our lives, and God's not a fan of it. And so it's time for us to relinquish control to him and allow him to call the shots. And then last but not least, for some your next step towards spiritual growth could be building community within the church. And perhaps your attendance on a Sunday morning has been inconsistent, right? And, and maybe today as you're sitting here in the room, it's kind of an anomaly, right? It's not the normal. You're like, whoa, we made it, right? Hello, 2023. Or out of convenience, not necessity, you are primarily attending church online. For clarity, online is fantastic. It's a great opportunity for people to check out the church for the first time. It can be a season where you can go to church while you're still traveling, or maybe there's other circumstances in your life that just simply prevent you from being here. But a lot of the times, we're not attending because of necessity, but out of convenience, Right? It's just what we want to do because I don't have to get dressed. I can attend church in my PJs. And that's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But if our attendance is inconsistent or if we're exclusively attending online out of convenience, we need to be in the room. We need to be here on a regular basis. Here's why. Proverbs 27:17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Do you know how hard it is for two pieces of iron to be sharpened when they never touch each other? Very difficult. I'll even say impossible. This won't work. This truth in God's word will not take shape in our lives unless there's contact with other believers. We have to be around people who can sharpen us so sparks can fly, so God can use the church body to refine us, to encourage us, to call us out on our junk, right? We need one another. But when we're like this, iron sharpens iron, and we're nowhere near the body of Christ or not in each other's presence on a regular basis, 
It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Look, I'm not asking you guys to apply for sainthood. I think the challenge is pretty simple. Take the next step. Wherever you're at, take the next step. Commit to thrive in your relationship with God by pursuing continual spiritual growth. Because Jesus didn't intend for us, for our relationship with him to be stagnant, to lack vibrancy. He didn't intend for us to get complacent. You see, Christians who are thriving, no matter how long they've been following Jesus, are typically those who understand the call to keep growing and actually do something about it. Now, at the beginning, I said we were going to talk about two steps that we can take to have a thriving relationship with God. And the second is this. Our relationship with God will thrive when we contribute and not merely consume. See, God has given us each a role to play in the fulfillment of our mission. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He writes this. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts of one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is a part of the body, and we all have a unique role to play. Meaning, in order for us to accomplish our mission of pointing people to life in Jesus, we need everyone to contribute. We can't afford for anyone to sit out. However, most churches fail to reach their maximum potential because people primarily consume rather than contribute. And that not only hurts the individual because they're not able to have a thriving relationship with God, but it has a negative effect on the church as a whole because we're missing parts and pieces and components. You see, when you merely consume and don't contribute, it's as if we're a team that doesn't have enough players on the field. And if you watch football, you'll see this from time to time. The play will begin, and the defense only has 10 people on the field, not 11. If you're unfamiliar with this, you need to watch more Bears games. And when that happens, the announcers are always putting the yellow dots and counting out the guys on the field. And, and the 11th guy is sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. And unfortunately, more often than not, it doesn't go very well for the team without enough players on the field. And the same is true for the church. You see, accomplishing our mission is hard enough when we got a full squad, it's even more difficult when people are sitting out. There's also a danger or a threat to the health of our relationship with God when we primarily consume or rarely contribute. 
See, over the last five years or so, my wife has gotten into caring for houseplants. It's become a new hobby of hers. I think she figured, hey, I'm pretty good at keeping four little humans alive. Let's throw in some plants, right? And so, naturally, my knowledge of houseplants, especially succulents, which are Aaron's favorite, has grown tremendously over the past few years. And it's only fair because I spent the last 12 years off talking her ears off about the difference between a 4-3 defense and a 3-4 defense and how at the line of scrimmage, the lower pad level wins. you got to get up in there and lift, right? So she can hold a conversation with any dude about football. No problem. And now I know about succulents, right? So one of the things that I've learned about succulents is that they don't have to be watered very often. In fact, if you overwater them, They will drown. Too much water can cause their leaves to burst. Which if I'm being real, I want to see that happen. Like that that sounds pretty wild. And not only that, too much water can cause root rot. And the same thing happens to us when we consume and consume and consume and rarely contribute. We take in too much, and what should be to our benefit becomes a problem. Therefore, if you want your relationship with God to thrive, we have to contribute and not merely consume. Following Jesus' example, we have to generously serve others, share our talents, and give our treasure for God's glory. And so if you're sitting here this morning and your next step is to contribute or figure out how you can get involved, your first step is to go to lifepoint.org serve and just simply browse the ways that you might be able to get plugged in. And if you complete that form, we'll follow up with you. Or your next step might be attending the VBS interest meeting that Pastor Chris was talking about earlier. Or it's going to lifepoint.org Easter and finding a way that you can serve on Easter Sunday or leading up to it contribute and not merely consume. You see, God wants to have a thriving relationship with us, but it's not entirely up to him. He has given us a role to play. In part, he has made us responsible for our own spiritual health. So I hope you'll do whatever you can to contribute and to continually pursue spiritual growth. Because if you do, you will know what it's like to thrive and not just survive. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.